0: Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension beef educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the January issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Windbreaks for Protection and Snow Diversion. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the author, Brad Schick, who's a Nebraska Extension beef educator. Thanks for joining me today, Brad. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Well, Brad, one thing we do have in Nebraska is wind, and in this article, you highlight the importance of windbreaks and also different designs for windbreaks and how producers might utilize those. Let's talk a little bit more about those options and how producers might think about utilizing them.
1: Yeah, so really off the bat, it starts with really what the goals are of the, the windbreak or the the protection or snow diversion, however you want to term that structure or, or what we're talking about here. You know, a lot of our areas that we have or have cattle are blessed with having people that went before us and planted shelter belts. And a lot of those will work really well. It's not the case in wherever we're at. So we can put temporary stuff up or we can build permanent things as well if we want to. One of the things that we talk about for design is whether we're not a solid wall or, or structure, like maybe out of cornstalk bales or hay bales, or a porous one, which might be likely built out of, you know, wood or steel or something like that. Uh, th- those are kind of the two categories where we put those in when we start talking about them.
0: So let's first talk about the solid-sided windbreak, whether we're using uh, sheet metal or we're using uh, wood or hay bales. What's some things to think about with how those are laid out and designed?
1: Well, the one configuration we have is we want to put it in a, a V, so 90 degrees of V into the prevailing wind, so that point is into the wind. And basically the point of doing that is so that the wind is directed on either side of that V, and it provides uh, protection from the wind, as well as it does not accumulate snow just over the edge, like we think about like a snow fence on the side of a road where we want all the snow to be captured just beyond the fence and not go into the roadway. So, so that's how this differs. When doing that, we can only build it so high or so long. But generally, we say that the wind protection is about five times the height of the fence. And, that, and that's really key when we're, we're building that and, and knowing where to
0: put it as well. So if we were thinking about, say, an eight-foot-tall, a solid-sided barrier there, we'd be looking at about 40 feet from the neck of the V where we would have protection. Is that correct?
1: That's right. Um, and, and in that area, there's going to be basically no snow. And and what protection means in a lot of the studies that have been done across the uh, the nation and in Canada as well, um, is that that basically reduces the, the wind like 60% um, is what we talk about when we do that. And so that's kind of the standard for uh, protection. We talk about, you know, 60%. Is, is considered uh, standard.
0: Let's talk a little more about the porous windbreak. Where do those have application and what are some things to know about those?
1: So the porous ones really, in my opinion, really help in like areas where you don't maybe have the the space to build something really big or really yeah, a V configuration, right? So maybe we have a little area uh, on the end of a pen or, or on the end, we want more protection and, and there's not much room because of a A road or 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 some structure we have. So what we can do is build a porous one. And when we build a porous one, it needs to be about 25 to 33 percent of the open area. So, for instance, I have an example that if we're if we're building using six-inch boards to build this porous fence, we want to have a two-inch gap between each of those boards to give us about 25 percent. So what that does is it it slows down the wind, but also allows the snow not to bunch up or, or drift over the side. It'll basically essentially blow it on through while still providing some wind protection. So again, it's about reduction of that wind speed, which reduces the, the cooling of our animals. So that's why we need to have that. If we do much more than that, it's not stopping enough wind. And if we do much less than that, we're going to essentially be creating a structure that's going to cause a drift to form right behind it. So that's why that 25 to 33% is really critical.
0: Brad, do you see situations where maybe we're thinking about a combination of the two, where we have uh, like a, some snow fence set up and then uh, a period beyond that, some solid sides, so we do avoid some of that snow drifting into where the cattle would want to be?
1: Yeah, I think, I think with calving areas, and they're all different configurations, um, I think that's good. You know, another thing we talk about is if we want snow to accumulate, Again, to to reduce maybe where we feed or or something like that, um, we can do that. We can kind of control where our snow goes and where our, to some extent, where the wind affects it. I should say. I, I think that when we talk about like our our V configuration of the solid sides, um, there's a lot of things that people do with with just bales and how you stack them and and protecting those cattle and making sure that maybe on the edge of those there's enough room to where that snow when it does finally come around isn't in a bad spot and doesn't create you know a mud or an ice area later in the year too.
0: One of the things you mentioned that I think brought to mind for me some research I saw out of the University of Wyoming but Looking at the opportunity to use snow fence to collect snow for the purpose of filling a stock dam, uh, maybe give a little thought to that in terms of how might people utilize that, especially in light of the drought we've had, where there's parts of the state where there's really a, a desire to see those ponds fill back up.
1: Right, I, exactly, Aaron. I I've seen even this year with the snow we've gotten, we've gotten a fair amount of snow across the state, and those uh, those ponds that have a dam on them, if if the dam's on the north side. Uh, or north, northwest side, they're, they're full of snow right now, the the pond is, in most situations. So, you know, snow is going to melt down, obviously, but if you can build something, maybe just with old hay bales or something like that, or, or something that you want to put out there so you can add some snow so we can get a little water in some of these ponds that we have, um, I think that's a great option. I think it's a little work for a potential big reward, especially Uh, that we, you know, we can't use the water if it's frozen right now, right? If it's, if it's in ice or in the form of snow, but we can get it there and we can hopefully leave it there so we can melt and we have good spring water and, and at least try to get a a step up on the year um, after a dry year, after almost two dry years in some places. Um, So I think that's a real advantage that we can use just with, well, really just using physics and, and using the weather to our advantage.
0: I think even some of this traditional snow fence you can go and buy. If you look at the cost of a hundred feet of snow fence and some steel post, the opportunity to catch snow and to fill or help fill a stock dam, uh, as you said, could pay pretty big dividends for the time and money invested.
1: Absolutely, I think it's a I think it's a great great option, and like you said, pretty cheap. I think that we can well plan ahead.
0: One of the things you also mentioned in the article is just the benefit of reducing wind speed to stress on cattle. And, you know, we've had some blizzard type conditions across the state and where people had good wind protection, it also prevented those cattle from drifting. And especially as we move into the spring here and we look at calving, that really can be an advantage.
1: Right. Even, even just cattle, i um, trying to find a place to get out. You know, I've heard a lot of stories this year about cattle being found how many miles away from where they were. And if we have some good structure, um, you know whether it's old old shelter belts that we have with trees, shrubs, or something you might be able to put up pretty quick, temporary. You know you're not having to go chase those cows down to try and feed them in all this snow later. Um, they'll stay where there's where there's a break. And again, that's not possible in every location. I understand that, but it can really uh, really help. You know we talk about the success and what it can do to uh, for calving or or for gain, uh, what have you. You know in the article I wrote about. There's a Kansas research that says that calving success increased by by 2% uh, behind a, a windbreak. You know, that's a pretty big deal. Uh when we think about how tight our margins are some years and 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 with drought and things like that. That can make a, a big difference. Even in feedlots, um, there's some data out of Montana that showed that cattle behind windbreaks, they gained 10, 10 half. Pounds more than cattle that weren't behind a windbreak. I mean, those are those are real dollar, real pounds that relate to uh, real dollars later, and uh, makes a big difference.
0: You've already talked about a little bit of building some windbreaks out of hay bales or things like that, but there's also some folks now building portable windbreaks where you can pick them up and move them. I guess speak to that a little bit, and what are some things to think about with that and design?
1: Right. So one of the simplest ones we can do, you can buy from, you know, your local farm and ranch store, is just p- panels. A lot of them have the <clears throat> the canvas backing on them, and you can even make a pretty simple windbreak with that too. Now, if it's a straight line, you got to make sure that the the base is wide enough so it's not going to topple over. But even with a V configuration, uh, you can pretty easily create some very fast. Maybe small, but but at least some protection for that, and that's pretty. I mean, it's a relatively cheap option. You know, I see a lot of guys who will use old stock trailers as as some of their portable uh, wind breaks, or even even their stock trails that they have, just so they want to try to get some breaks out of them when they know there's a big storm coming. Um, you know, they they uh, back them up to each other and in a V or even straight, just to give them some sort of uh, wind break. And I've seen a lot of that work well too. Uh, so you don't have to break the bank trying to get some protection. A lot of times, uh, we just got to be clever. Old axles with some steel welded onto them so you can move them. Uh, if you're you know, moving cornfields, for instance, those are all places that we can use these and, and move them from place to place pretty easily, as long as they don't get frozen down, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Brad, anything else on this topic you'd like to add as we point towards wrapping up?
1: I think one thing is, is that there's there's a lot of different options. You know, there's, there are some wrong ways to do it. Uh, There's some right ways to do it. It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be fancy just to get some, some break. You know, our, our cows, when they start getting cold, they have increased their energy requirements a lot. And we can uh, reduce how much we have to feed them by having some wind breaks too, potentially, if they're not having to be, they're not so cold. Or, or getting in piles of snow. UNL also has some some windbreaks for livestock operations, uh, extension circulars, and you can look up, and, and they're pretty good, and they talk about design and, and maybe some more advanced stuff as well. Um, but that's a really good resource, and I think that just knowing what the goal is is going to go a long ways to making windbreaks uh, for protection from snow and maybe adding snow to a pond uh, work really well.
0: Thanks for joining me today, Brad. Yeah, you're welcome, Aaron. For more information on the article that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. At the website, you can find this article as well as additional resources on this topic.